Have you seen The Woman King? No, not yet. You said no with such a with, with a voice as though you may not see it. I wasn't planning on it at first, but then um, I, I got to talk about it eventually. So I'm going to have to go see it. I went to go see <laughs> so, it. We'll talk about it, man. Okay. Okay. But I don't I, have bad things to say about it. You say you don't? I don't. Okay. I don't. That's fine. I'll say it like I, like I told the boys. If I could watch Elvis and just watch it as a movie and separate it out from, you know, the situation, then I could probably enjoy anything. Because that was a chore. I had to talk myself down as I watched that movie. And it was just mainly so I could discuss it. But, you know, like I said, do I agree with what was said? You know, no. Was it a clean, cool movie? Yes, it was. But you want Elvis? Yeah, it was clean. It was really clean. Uh, if you say so, I might give it a shot. I'm not a yeah. fan of Elvis. I kind of grew up watching his movies coming on TV as a kid. And yeah. Little Rascals and Shirley Temple, all that stuff. You come on on a normal basis and, you know, in the morning time when cartoons wasn't coming on. So you would kind of just grew up seeing those movies and stuff. And so, you know, I didn't really think nothing about them until, until later on when Public Enemy <laughs> came out. Elvis was a hero to most, but he never missed to me. You see straight out and mentioned you know him and john wayne and just like huh let me rethink this guy i grew up seeing all the time on tv and gave me a whole different perspective on all the stuff that comes with him and his legacy so yeah but i thought it was very interesting that uh even though i don't you know now that i'm older and kind of know more about what's going on my feelings have changed about him but was that a good movie oh yeah it was a, it was a really good movie and i would only hope that the black musicians that we know of that get movies made about them, the same, you know, rose colored glasses they had to write and direct that movie for, for that guy, yeah. had that same energy for Whitney, had that same energy for Michael, had that same energy for Prince. Like, I don't want to see all the, it was something crazy came up with Elvis that was kind of questionable. They cut to something else or it only was on there for 30 seconds. Give that same energy and get to the get to the good part. Don't don't lean in on stuff. If drugs are never said, but insinuate it, insinuate the same thing when it comes to our legends. Don't yeah, play. I, yeah, I think uh, that is an interesting point about how his death is viewed as a medical emergency, like a natural causes thing. But Whitney is, and and, and yeah, like you said, Whitney, Mike, and Prince are all just it's yeah, been blackwashed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see no three-hour Michael Jackson movie talking about he was a drug addict and he wrote Thriller. Don't do it. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly don't care who they put in the role. It doesn't have to be an African-American. I agree with that, but we're in a time now where it's almost like how you be saying <laughs> about, like, you can make a statement, but it can be used for the wrong reason or the wrong side. Yeah. I want the same disclaimer when I'm about to say this. Okay. We are in a time where they figure, just, just for, you know, political correctness a movie about a woman it gotta be a a woman director if it's about a man a black man it gotta be a black man director the truth is like you said i just want a good person who's gonna do a great job and then the truth is a lot of these characters were created by white people anyway yeah. but that doesn't take away the fact that a lot of black folks's ideas and art and, and talent fed into these characters to make them even more than what they had started off as so I, I'm not taking away that, but yeah, I wouldn't care if it was a white guy or, or, you know, I just want a good director. I just want somebody who's going to write a good story. And sometimes it's a lot of talented black folks out there, but are they used? Do they got a chance to shine? They got a chance to, you know, um, 
to tighten up their skills and all that kind of stuff? No. So sometimes other people are better just because they had more opportunities and experiences. And it, it, it's just a time thing and an access thing more so than it's truly talent. And so, so that's interesting. Are, are you side? Do you side on the comments that were made by Tyler Perry or if you're an Atlanta fan, uh, Mr. Chocolate, his comments were taken out of, I think, out of the context. But the headline was you know, Tyler Perry wants to make sure that uh, black actors and young black directors and writers aren't put in the wrong position too soon for the wrong reasons. But it's scary coming from someone with as much power. Yeah, it's kind of like what I said and why I gave the disclaimer for saying something like that, (laughs) for saying something like that, because I think that's true. I think it's kind of like what I'm saying. Um, And the funny thing about it, I knew he was in trouble for something, but I never really looked into it because I'm not really a big fan of his. So just like I kind of avoid his movies, I kind of also avoid any kind of stuff that comes up with him. (laughs) Now, did you see the latest episode as we're talking? I think it would be like episode this this last season of Atlanta, I believe it's episode six. I'm not sure. No, not no, not yet. I oh. got I gotta get caught up on this season. So get caught up on this season. This season okay. is worth it. Okay. In comparison to like a lot of people feel like last season wasn't. Oh. Okay. Um I felt like last season was perfect, but this season is a continuation. I feel like it's closing out. I have my theory, a fan theory okay. on Atlanta huh. that I believe that we're marching closer to and it's becoming a very popular fan theory. Um, that Atlanta is a simulation um, that we will kind of just that it is actually a it's a deeper not a deeper story but there's something else okay so that would explain the invisible car in the parking lot on season one these little weird things have just kind of happened out of weird glitches glitches it's just like wait a minute and people acting like it's normal like they're they're pointing at the wrong thing when the thing is right there in front of you and they're pointing away yeah a lot of side stuff the entire show written from beginning to end by this genius Interesting. Just and, and we're fascinated by how hilarious it was, and he did just what he was supposed to do. You mm-hmm. title it something like that, you make the subject matter about it, and you think it's about something else, mm-hmm. and then it becomes openly, just like blatantly clear. Oh, this is something else. Right. Right. Uh, right. What was it? Season was it season three with the one character where Darius goes up to the to pick up the piano. Yep. Uh, Mr. Perkins or something like Mr. that. Per- yeah. It's stuff Oof. like that. There's so many different things that go on on this show. Yeah. And I and once again, this is what happens when the two of us get together. We're talking <laughs> about Atlanta right now. But yeah. Tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. But back to your question about Tyler Perry and what he said. If that's what he said, then yeah, I, I get it. And it's a tricky way to say that because almost the same thing with all the stuff like, you know, a lot of stuff is opportunity for optics. And I know it. And it's not to say that people don't deserve to be there because they do, but it is a thing of, you know, you just need that token in there. And so it might not be anything past what they look like versus are they really right for the job? That's almost kind of like with certain people, like uh, it's almost the same thing how people get mad about actors who want to be a singer. You know, it's just like you kind of get away with stuff because of your other persona. It's not that you necessarily like Michael Jordan trying to play baseball. If anybody saw him play baseball, they knew he wasn't good at baseball. But since they knew what he could do and who he was, they let him in that door. That's like having writers on comic books that wasn't necessarily comic book writers, but they are great writers in other situations. And they say, oh, come over here. 
And just because they were a good writer writing a novel or a story or whatever doesn't mean that they'd necessarily be a good comic book writer. But they were just kind of letting people in in a way because they knew it looked good for optics. But was it the best thing for the comics? You know, it depends on if you like the stories or not. And so I think it's tricky. But then also when you do that and it's not the right fit and time taken to kind of make sure that they are, I guess, if you're looking for a black person, a black person and the right person, because what happens is when you just let people in because of what they look like or whatever, or to meet a quota and they fail, it looks as if, you know, like black but, folks was incompetent. And, and I think that's Tyler, fit. that was his main point. Tyler Perry's main okay. point was that he wanted, he wants to facilitate and create space for timing, proper timing and training. And I think that the big thing that he can get criticized for and people are scared of is that once you enter close to that, now I know he's not like in general upper 1%, mm -hmm. but let's just talk about he's upper 1% as it pertains to uh, the entertainment industry as far as right. African-Americans in the entertainment industry type, you know. So when someone has that much power and especially the amount of control that he claims to have over every last single one of his IPs. Like he claims to write all of the shows. Right. And that's that in itself sounds horrible to me. I've always kind of said that. Like, I really hope that this man is not really writing all of these scripts. I believe it. Cause it, it makes sense of why it's all consistently kind of awful. <laughs> <laughs> And well, people and I, like it. Some of them get better. Like I understand. So, for example, uh, I was uh, when I listened to Shonda Rhimes' masterclass. She is never in a writing room like that. You know, beginning you know, of the season, she's throwing them mm -hmm. concepts for the year. Okay. And she's trusting the writing room that she put together. She's the greatest uh, television creator of all time I there's not another person that I could ever put in Shonda Rhimes category of greatness when it comes to television um not one and there's some people you could throw out there but Dick Wolf you say yeah, Dick Wolf yes Dick Wolf Dick Wolf <laughs> um but there's a handful of other people who there's a list of black uh writers and creators who are like oh he stole that from me i don't even like mentioning them um but there's three people when you think of who are the greats um david e kelly <laughs> i still don't not not shonda rhymes though okay. this is just me with i know i know i'm just messing with you but those, those are those are television show producers that really like their work yeah and um dick wolf I have to go back and always, I'll put to you like this when it comes to Dick Wolf. I don't really know much outside of one particular way of like, I know it's a Dick Wolf show before it even, I see it at the end, mm -hmm. but a lot of his shows are kind of the same. Yeah, same yeah. thing could be said about Shonda Rhimes though. So that, that's, how, that's how it is. That's almost your style. Like, you yeah. know, like movie studios. When I see the Focus Film logo or Blumhouse, I know what that means. I, I, I yeah. you know. But that's, but that's why people go back too, because they want this different, but the same. Yeah. So when it comes to Tyler Perry making this statement, it was about a month ago, you know, where he makes this statement where he's talking uh, at the Toronto Film Festival about, you know, like more trainings needed, more time is needed because 
his fear is that when they're creating false diversity, they're putting people in positions and it won't last. And he, so he's making a beautiful point. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, yo, I hope you can create this and then leave it alone. Like create these opportunities and you're creating them for other teachers also. Like you're not the primary facilitator because we don't see a lot of diversity coming out of your spectrum of writing. Like there, I've been surprised by Shonda Rhimes writing in the past and things, the projects she's been involved in. It hadn't all been the same. I'm never really surprised. I've probably been surprised once by Tyler Perry, mm-hmm. but not too often, yeah. you know? And so, and if you, you know, but outside of not really even wanting to, you got to see, see, I really need you to, this could be a different conversation if I wasn't trying to give you spoilers on this episode of Atlanta that just passed, but he, he doesn't have a pristine reputation within the community of, of making movies that are enjoyable for African-American males. Yeah. Um, and really starting to be toward African-American people in general. But yet everything he makes and produces is giving a lot of Black actors and a lot of Black people a chance to be a part of the entertainment industry that we've never possibly would have had before. So... But at what cost? And that cost we truly don't know at this time. So this is a, a sub, 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 sub segment because that's nothing to do with Blade. But on that whole point, you know, we are starting to wake up as a, as a people that we're starting to be more aware of individuals who are capitalizing off of our pain. And we're starting to tend to be more irritated by them and less entertained by them and i think one of the biggest cases in point has been uh kanye west over the last five years don't want to get into a conversation about him like that but you get what i'm saying like we instantly so the latest buffoonery that he's done we're all we already know what his agenda is we already know that he's he has that all he's doing is is poverty pimping or pain pimping it's like hey the trauma of black people, I will find a way to make it marketable. Uh, whether it's when I make music, when I make soul music from a soul that hurts and get them in at the beginning as my core fans, but then later on down the line, mm-hmm. make money. Out. We're starting to see that and not participate in our own oppression uh, as a people, as we as consumers. I hope that's true. Like I said, I've never really been a big fan of Tyler Perry after just seeing a few of his films. And I think the issue was, at first it was just a technical skill that was throwing me off. But then, you know, I figured he's doing his thing and he's trying, so I'm going to just back off of that, right? You know, he's trying to do yeah. his thing. But then when I, but even as the years went by, it seemed like he never really stepped up his game. It seemed like it was just consistently the same. Like, it didn't seem like he was necessarily growing um, as a director and stuff to me. And so, but as bad as that was to me, I didn't like his vision of us as black people. I think that bothered me more than anything. Cause it's like, you're consistently saying this about men, this about, you know, us and religion in a way. And I know it's not necessarily he does religious stuff, but it's interesting. It's, it's inside trope stuff that we as black people would know. He's dog whistling in a different kind of way on level. So 
white people on the outside might see it as buffoonery. We might see it as relating, but almost don't say it out loud. And it's just on these different levels. It's just like, I don't like how you see us. You know, it's like being with somebody who don't can't stand you and you don't know why, but they just don't like you. And so even when they hand you food, it tastes a little sour because you know they are not for you. Even when they're trying to do something for you, it's not, it doesn't taste right. It doesn't feel yeah. right. I do think a lot of people sometimes make things out of their trauma or they make their characters, they make who they are out of their childhood traumas and the rejection that they faced. And if he has faced that type of rejection, which it seems very evident, I don't know much about the depth of the story. He mm -hmm. tends to tell portions of his story, yeah. but not that beginning part where maybe some of those, those questions are answered. Right. And you get to understand why sticking to his own lane seems to be or his way of doing it because you spoke to something that was really important about the it's not a hypocrisy in what he's saying right but it's the concept of like you said you could watch his original things and you could see that there wasn't much depth and it missed in a lot of technical areas and he was given the space to get better and he's gotten better in other facets i believe that what he's done is stick with what he thought worked for him and then abandoned the things that didn't, which is a part of the maturing process. He didn't stick with and say, I'm going to get better at this. He just was like, I'm going to get rid of that and just move over to this other thing. And so, but he said like he did it independently. And from his vantage point, he was able to create his own space. And now he's saying, I want to be able to give other, I want to make sure that other people can have that space. But the problem with that is you don't get that from other people. You get that only really from yourself when you bet on yourself. It's very rarely that you could say, and he, to some extent, he got that because he knew people were going to go to his plays. So he can make a sucky movie yeah. because he still had income from the plays. He knew people were going to go to those. And in fact, it got to the point where, remember, it was just, he was putting the plays out mm -hmm. at the same time as the movie. So you could go to like your red box or something or blockbuster box and it would have, uh, you know, version. like a Medea. And you mm -hmm. thinking you're renting the new Medea movie, but you yeah. were just getting a play. Mm -hmm. And so he just, you know, he, he played on the audience that he needed to. But I absolutely, to go to the point, the other point you made when it comes to him is, I absolutely agree that he doesn't have the depth of understanding on us as a whole. And I think with the wealth that he has now, it may be too late for him to kind of survey that. And the reason why I say this, because I'm hearing you say you don't like the way, but I'm hearing a dude from Oakland more or less saying like who has a more round. And this is certain pockets of the U.S. Where when you talk to a brother who's from those pockets or even live in those pockets, yeah. they have a more beautiful perspective on us as a people than people from other pockets. Mm. And this ain't no versus kind of thing. But I think if you talk to a brother from the South and you think about the way he may think about us as a people versus a guy from Oakland, it's going to be two different political point of views. That's true. It's going to be different ways that they were taught, educated in the church system and the community system. And you're going to have a more view, like, cause I, I grew up in the Midwest South kind of area and it took me to just travel and, and begin to overcome and to be also raised by products 
from those other worldly spaces. Yeah. I don't know, but I agree with you, man. Sometimes it's very troubling to see how he kind of portrays us, especially, you know, when he puts on the dress and he's the gun-toting grandma. And I had a sassy grandma, but that's a bit much. And then that, that's a whole nother conversation about even just putting on the dress in general. Yeah. That, but but like I said, he always reminded me of that, the girl you like and getting to know and she just, she's been through some stuff and she's looking at you funny and you just can't read it. But everything she said seemed to be, you know, kind of tainted. It's just like, whatever happened to you, I didn't do it to you. But it doesn't stop you from getting it. <laughs> yeah, now so. he, he's an interesting character, but like maybe he should come in and direct Blade. All right, so I guess you're ready to get off this conversation. <laughs> I guess you're done. Okay, I can, I can, I can take your hint. <laughs> like, all you had to say was bye. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> oh, goodness. I know that's a joke. Not funny. Yeah, either. no, it is. It is. I, in no way, shape, form, or fashion, I, I suggest that. I know. I, I know. think that whether it comes from his studio you know like we're already making they're making marvel movies on his on his you know at his studio you know he's already a part of this world or whatever you never know what's going to come from you know from these different things and uh definitely tyler perry not involved with blake but the reason why we got all the way to tyler perry to this is that there's so many young directors, older directors, so many African Americans who don't get a chance to tell a, a story and to tell stories about characters and tell them in a way that is free one of the black gays and the white gays. Right. Like there is a black gaze which I believe is should be played to more and is worthy of being of having movies like the way we see the world mm -hmm. we should start telling stories from those from that perspective thanks for listening and please like and subscribe be sure to check out past and future episodes of this show along with my other shows entitled the movie bench quarterbacking podcast and the J and podcast available now on all streaming platforms until next time. Peace.